Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Corridor Cast. I probably just blew out the recording of that, so I'm going to talk a little quieter. But, uh, wow, we got an amazing guest today. One of our dearest friends. The only sun when the sun is shining. The only sun when the sun ain't shining. He's just shining all the time. Brett Driver. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, son? <laughs> it's good to be here, son. Who's, jo- who's joining us? We got Clint. Yo, right? what's, Clint? what's up, guys? We got Nicholas Laurent. What's up? And of course Christian on the on the recordings, as always. He's going amazing, by the way. You Dude, great, Christian. Brett, I am so happy to have you sitting right like six feet from me right now, right? son. Yeah, I'm happy it, to be here six feet from you, son. Dude, only six feet though, because son, it's been a long time. And I've also known you for a very long time. It's been a minute. I just want to get right into it with a Christmas story. Oh, One wow. of my favorite Brett Son stories. It happened on Christmas? It happened on... It was New Year's. <laughs> it was New right. Year's. They're close. close it was enough. Christmas break close and enough. mixed with New Year's. We were having a good old time at our friend Devon's house. You know, as you do on New Year's. You know, the whole family was there, friends and family alike. And um, it was kind of... It, it was that time. You know, the, the clock struck midnight. Everyone said, three, two, one, happy New Year. And there's those, like, annoying little whistle things little blow, with the blowers. And uh, we started lighting these fireworks, and not just your normal everyday fireworks. These were, these were some heavy-duty fireworks. Um, mm. You know, you'll hear them um, three neighborhoods, four neighborhoods down. And, uh, yeah, so we're probably five minutes into it. And then all of a sudden, like, we, we, we all notice. There's probably, like, 25 of us. We all notice at the same time, like, wait, is that a fire? And sure enough, the lawn had caught on fire oh. probably, like, 40 <laughs> feet down the driveway. And, you know, of, of everyone there, you know, like, you know, what do you do when, when, when there's a fire? You, you, you stop, stop, drop, stop and drop and roll? Yeah, yeah you know, like, you get, the, you get the bucket of water, you get the fire extinguisher? Well, Brett, Brett acted fast, you know, and um, he said, not today, Mr. Fire, and he sprinted out down the driveway. And I just remember seeing these tiny, this tiny little body, because it was, like, so far away. And he, and he, <laughs> he smaller back then. Leaped into the air and just body slammed the fire out, and everyone <laughs> lost their minds what? and was just clapping and you, like. You really did that? I yeah, son. Really? I did. Yes, he did. It was so a beautiful you guys, thing. You guys started this fire. Of he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we were setting off fireworks, you know. Okay, and then yeah. and then you you need it if it had so had Brett not been there. Then you'd oh, no, probably be mean, dead. That's like a Medal of Honor move right there, man. I think you, you just, just probably you threw your body on the ground. Can know. you take us through the logistics of body slamming a fire, Brad? Like, yeah, what would happen from your perspective? I just, I, I just thought, like Clint said, you have to act quick in these situations. If, if something did not <laughs> yeah. happen, like the, it would have, it would have been bad for their lawn. Number one. God forbid I the mean, lawn. Yeah. yeah, God forbid the lawn got burned. Grab, what about you your know, body? Like all that. You know, you can't. You can't. Let that happen. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, Brett. I think that's what we all appreciate about you. One of the things is that you know you're you're the type of person who acts on stuff and gets it done. And, very hard worker, dedicated, and, uh, definitely. As well, very very dedicated. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's so much to get into. There's so many stories. I was trying to like we were sitting here writing down all these stories, and there's just too many of them. And I'm sure some will come up as we go. But um, so I Brett, guess well, Brett, Brett, where do you think you got that 
got like whoa. that that personality about yourself you know you're 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 out of anybody that we know out of all the corridor crew what have you our our extended network of friends and and family you know you you definitely fall in there as somebody who would be willing to go the extra mile for somebody else or you'd be willing to you know put your put your put yourself on the line for somebody else where where do you think you got that growing up or was mm. it I, I don't that's a good question I, I guess just growing up in Georgia I guess I mean it's like my grandfather probably was a huge influence on on me with that it's just uh, he was a very creative person he used a lot his voice a lot and he just he just cared about people you know and I just everywhere I went with him he just I don't know there was a genuine respect about the way he treated people um, I don't know I just I just noticed very quick it just it just light people's day up and you know, I deal with my own issues, but yeah, I just, I, I guess that's where it comes from. It's just wanting uh, people to be happy, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, you know, just that servanthood of, of caring about what's being produced. You know, if, yeah. if might as well do it 100% if, if something worth, is worth doing. Um, I mean, we also, we also grew up going to church too, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I was think... kind of raised into church, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was like a very fire and brimstone type of atmosphere. Um, like screaming at you kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely that kind of way. And I, I just, from a very young age, I don't, I don't know. I, I have my own beliefs about things we won't get into, obviously. But, yeah, I just, from a very young age, I just noticed that something was kind of off with that mentality. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a way of loving people and caring about people without, you know, that's, that's a whole different thing. But, yeah, you know. no, for sure. So you guys both grew up in Georgia, right? Or, no, you grew up here in California. Oh right? no, no, Chino, and then you moved to Georgia. I did, right? yeah. I moved. I moved freshman year of high school to to Canton, Georgia. Gotcha. So I consider it a second home. I still like my parents are still there, and I still go back every uh, every year for Christmas. So I, I consider part of my, part of me was raised there. Yeah, uh, but Brett, you were born in in Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born in a tiny little town, like a, a few hours below Atlanta. But um, yeah, really small town. Um, I was always really big into to art and to. Um, I was always a very quiet kid, didn't really know how to express myself too much. So, like, making films. My dad was a huge influence in just the way of picking up a camera. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My, it's, it's a weird situation to talk about, but, like, my, my experience with my dad was, like, always behind a camera when I was a kid. So, like, every birthday, every soccer game, everything that I've ever done mm. is literally, like, filmed, which is a little weird. But, I mean, it got me into picking up a camera at a very young age and, you know, like, really caring about, how, like, telling stories and things like that. Very but, cool. So as somebody who, as somebody who, uh, you know, grew up shy, I guess, where, where did you make the, I guess, mental uh, transition from uh, that to the more extroverted type that you need to put on when you're like on a camera um, or when you're in, in a film or what have you? Where, where do you, where did you make that mental shift? And then like, you know, it was honestly, Jake, it was probably like. Because, Clint, we moved here in, in 2011, and I was here for a few years, and then my my grandparents started going downhill, and they both developed Alzheimer's disease and things like that. So I, I moved back uh, to kind of uh, look after them for a bit, and uh, I guess it was that point where, like, I wasn't doing much filming at all, and I was just living at my grandparents' house, um, just taking care of them, and I was just... I don't know, I was in a really kind of dark place for a while, and I'd always cared about acting. It was something that I've always desired to do. I think I got into acting to just be more comfortable with myself and to learn how to, you know, communicate well and things like that. So, yeah, acting was was honestly therapy. It was a lot of therapy. Um, So I would travel, like, two hours to Atlanta every Tuesday, and that one day a week was, like, my therapy to go into and just... I don't know. Acting class was cool because you go in there and it's like every everyone wants to just be better at at being good to each other, you know, and being authentic. And yeah, I think that was the, kind of the the shift um, hmm. that kind of wanted me to, you know, be more outgoing and caring about people more. But it's still tough. I I deal with you know a lot of anxiety constantly. So we yeah we all do a, for sure. Yeah. How do you deal with that with acting? Do you just like say? Like put it aside and just like well, dig I, deep or I, I like think I was telling Jake and Christian, you know, it's like this is the most uncomfortable just talking about really? myself. I hate oh. I hate it. I hate it. But it's like 
it's so freeing when you can get like something on paper and you can learn these words and then you can kind of create a character and then you're free to do it. You know, no one expects you to be Brett Driver. No one expects you to be that person. It's just like you can kind of not care about being someone else. And mm. so it's like zero, kind of, zero expectations. In some ways, yeah. Um, I try to be Brett Driver when I wake up every day. I'm like, do you, son? man, what, what would the sun do? Dude, sometimes, Brett, Brett, some, Brett will text me in the morning sometimes, and what, what is, it says, uh, it's a brand new day. It's a brand, it's a brand new, new day, day son. Rise and hey, shine. So, rise and shine. <laughs> yeah, rise and shine. It's a brand new so, day. I'll get, so you, I'll get you a bracelet, Jake, says, what would the sun do? <laughs> w- I appreciate that. WWSD. Hey, so let's go back here. So you you met Clint in Georgia, obviously. We met on Because we've gotten a lot of requests for Brett. For you oh, on the podcast, oh yeah, and uh, and I want to answer some of these questions that people have commented. Like, hey, we, oftentimes it's like, hey, where, what's Brett up to? Uh, what's Brett's involvement with Corridor? Like, how did you guys all meet? Um, so, take us through that. Okay, Clint. So, did you? Let's see. Okay, um, two thousand. I was like two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. So I met Brett. Um, on actually on the Indie Mogul YouTube channel, I was a huge fan of Indie Mogul with Eric Beck when he was doing it um, way back in the day. And they had a show. I think it was called Back. It was Backyard Effects, or it, mm-hmm. it was um, it was like a user submitted episode where you know you submit your visual effect, and they'll take the best ones and they'll compile them and put them at the end of, end of the month. Boom, mm-hmm. you know all of these all these guys. And I my 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 clip got chosen. So, of course, I was like, this is awesome. I'm watching the episode, and I see this clip of this dude, like, with no legs. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like it was like World War II, Saving Private Ryan, and his legs got blown off, and he's all, like, blood coming out everywhere, and he's screaming, ah! And, and that was Brett's clip, and I'm like, what the heck? I was like, dude, that's so crazy. How, like, because I was into making World War II films and, like, those gas mask apocalyptic dude, films. Oh like, we'll God. get into all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But... That's how I met Brett. I looked up at his profile, said he's from Atlanta, and I just sent him a message immediately. And, like, I don't know. We got together, like, the next week yeah, or Yeah, the next week I drove it to, to where you were in mm-hmm. Canton. Um, and then uh, we shot a little something, scared a woman out of her mind. With Clint was wearing this gas mask and an <laughs> AR-15 out. Like, just in the middle where people were jogging at this nice little creek bed. Hell yeah. yeah. Full military get up. And, uh, yeah, we shot a little something and... Yeah, it was a good shot. Time. A quick that little was, gas mask picture. When I met you, know? you guys, when I met you guys, I, I thought you guys had been friends since like boyhood. I mean, it feels that way. It does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, no, yeah, we, we. But we've known each other for a while, for sure. We moved to California together. Um, I think I met for, you around that time mm-hmm. when we were making. Yeah, I met you on. I think, dude, it was around the same, probably like two thousand nine or ten. But yeah. we had, we had made. Um, like well, this three-part mini feature, it was super low the budget. The freelance, sh- right? Yeah, the freelance. Dude, we, that uh, was so cool. We so, all had jobs and everything else. Yeah, so I was making. I like, I think all of 2008 and 2009, I was making this like post-apocalyptic film, as you do. You yeah, know, of course, of as course. you do, in that era. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, I just filmed like this awesome thing. I put out this trailer. You know, it was like I was getting my final edit together and uh, I released the trailer. And basically it's like, you know, you dress up your friends in the, the surplus military gear that you have in a gas mask, of course. Of course. Uh, and you find, you know, your local abandoned military building and you, you go film a little As movie, does, you know. Yeah. And I was I put this out. I'm like, damn, this is going to be so cool. And I thought <laughs> I, like the next day I see Brett's film, The Freelance. I think it was the trailer for that. And yeah. like I see it and. It's this. It's like the same thing. It's like dude <laughs> walking around <laughs> with a freaking sepia tone color grade, son, and like two three five aspect ratio. You get the, with one the gas guy, mask. one guy in the midst of it all. Eerie as heck. <laughs> shot beautifully as well. Thank shot you, son. super beautifully and that. just like a lot of atmosphere. And I was like, dude. I'm either going to have to go find this guy and burn down his garage or I'm going to have to add him on Facebook and become friends with him. That's, I'm that's, glad, that's I'm glad it was did. the latter, son. So, yeah, man. I mean, we kind of had that in common from just like our whole aesthetic and filmmaking, uh, I guess, what what interested us, you know? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So I'm, we met through that. I totally did. Yeah, I remember seeing like Hollow and uh, yeah, it was like so identical. And, <laughs> but it was cool. Like it was, they, yeah, they like they, these are how like a lot of my best friends came was just like by chance on on YouTube, you know, which is the strangest thing. Um, 
Yeah. What, yeah so so. What, what, what is it with the post-apocalyptic thing? Like, if I don't know. If, if, okay. You got to give me two inspirations from, from stuff you're into that inspired you to be into post-apocalyptic shorts. <laughs> two things. Okay. <laughs> Tw- 28 Days Later. Okay. Was really a big one. Okay. And then, oh man, what was the other one for Hollow? I tell you mine right it's hard to say. There was a little bit of behind enemy lines in there, probably. Saving oh my Private God. Ryan so, was a oh big my one. God, so um, but yeah, I mean, Book of Eli, too. Was oh, so cool. good. Yeah. What about you? It was definitely Book of Eli oh, and, yeah. and The Road. Yeah. Oh, The Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The classic. Road the road is jacked one. up. Yeah. I don't know. For me, um, Saving Private Ryan, of course. Um, 28 Days Later. Um, behind enemy lines, no doubt. And then, like, Silent Hill. Too actually, oh, yeah, um, was like a huge inspiration. Just like wandering around abandoned places with eerie music and fog, like that's so. Oh, it's just the best. Yeah. That game freaks me out so much. You showed just, me that game for the first time, like mm-hmm. what, last I year. Silent Hill. I, yeah, awesome. I survived. Put it on. Oh, yeah, man, fun. that's that's freaky. Even the original one's freaky. My 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 real question though, the important question is what what's your favorite type of gas mask? You know, do you like the one with the two filters? Okay. I like the one with the, you know, the Russian one. I like See, the if you have one, the like two the, filters, like, one, there's not, one can fail on you and you can still survive. That's I mean, what that's I'm saying. The, the backup, no. It's a relevant question. It's the bulky time. one. It's all about the bulky one with like, no. mm-hmm. you know, the, like the filters, <laughs> like the ones that don't, they pop out, but they're like right in here, you know? Sick. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, Half-Life. That was, that oh, was Oh, of it. course. Yeah, that Half-Life. Was totally, yeah, dude. That I mean. Was, Dude, like the guys, like the, the like, combines. We all have our own, own, like, like version of gas mask soldier bad guys in each one of our films. Yeah. Like you had yours, like <laughs> yeah. the Fallout movie, and like <laughs> yeah. Brett, you had like the camo guys. Yours had camo and gas masks. Mine were like just like the combine. They had black clothing with gas masks. Yeah. Clint came out for one of them. You were the soldier at the end of the hall. You remember oh, the, with the that machine huge gun? gun yeah. yeah, that yeah. hotel they like torch down that was one amazing thing yeah it was just we had so access to so many abandoned locations in georgia there's an abundance of them i think that's why it's just like we were like what can we what can we do with the you know the resources we have um you had that awesome mill yeah dude which we filmed rest in peace dude yeah yeah that, that was awesome so well, also a post-apocalyptic uh gives you access to all these other like genres within it you know you've got yeah. action you've got drama You've got uh, like mystery. Yeah, yeah you, you can go in all these different directions. And so you only need one camera. You only need one character. And then you call your buddies for like the couple other scenes that mm-hmm. yep. you need to have the horde or, you know, whatever. And you, all of a sudden you have this. Also, it, it removes it from the regular world. Because the first thing you want to do when you pick up a camera is like, you're like, well, I don't want to film the real world. That's yeah. that's what I've been living in. The whole point of like telling yeah, a story is to tell a different story. Abandoned um, world. So all and then you have all the yeah you have all the abandoned Resurrection. buildings. Resurrection. Yeah. Dude, no, for sure. It just has so much texture. I know, man, and beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that we all donned the gas masks and uh, went out and made those movies because yeah, lifelong friends. Absolutely. Then the first time I actually met Brett face to face was we'd met another filmmaker, Keith. Potter. Keith Hodder. And Keith? He, he's over in Toronto. <laughs> and we met on Facebook and we like wrote a film together through the internet. Mm-hmm. And then Keith and I flew out to, to Thomas. Tiny little town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To your yeah. tiny town. Tiny little town. And uh, yeah, that was, it was kind of like, that was the first time I'd ever left. The, a, that's the first time I'd ever been to the South. Mm-hmm. Like at all. First time I'd ever met you in real life. Mm-hmm. And the first time I'd ever like collaborated on a film with two other people yeah, like that yeah, so. it was awesome like that i think i'd pick yeah. you up from the airport i remember we would like literally we're shooting the next day and we just went straight to goodwill right and just yeah, had, we, went to we goodwill, had to get all the costumes for all costumes. the actors man it's so <laughs> fun when you're doing it all yourself oh, like yeah. that yeah. yeah and then i remember clint you were supposed to film your kill zone extraction piece that right same yeah that, that same week same week and yeah. i was stoked because i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get to be like help out with like punishers film also like that'll be sweet <laughs> but it was too snowy right i know yeah. it was it, a huge snowstorm because i couldn't make it down it's like a two and a half hour drive and i was gonna be slipping sliding all over the place that no. was the case it was snowing yeah, was that it? yeah. It, it was an ice storm or snowstorm yeah. Oh, yeah, we were and it was actually yeah, yeah we got we i mean it kind of benefited us because it looked really cool for our film oh heck yeah, yeah. that we ended up shooting 
and it's very the, moody. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the short takes place over like what two weeks or something. So it's like you have yeah, you went from like a sunny day to like a rainy night into the snowy. Like it was just so. Cool you guys got so lucky. That's the best it thing. Was about awesome. it. Yeah, I think that's what makes it too is just the 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 change in season and yep. just that look of it. Uh, just the feeling of uh, like a team effort was so nice there. Like we, you know, all the actors who flew out—they were all local Georgia actors. Yeah. Zach Sale. We had cast um, it. Yeah. yeah, everything was done. Just every, we were all in different places and just making things so work somehow. Freaking just um, eating chicken nuggets every night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 McDonald's, dude. Just get a hundred <laughs> chicken nuggets. We we're, feed too, a we're too tired to do anything. We're just like, let's just get some chicken nuggets. That's it. That was, mm. So eventually, Nick, you and Brett were roommates. Well, yeah, first Brett was roommates with Clint, yeah, we, right? The first yeah, time we moved. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah. So In the studio. In yeah, studio we're, we're getting all out of order here. Yeah, that was... Uh, you moved here. Yeah, right? we had Clint and I... Well, actually, you'd moved here a little bit before me. Yeah. This was in 2011. 2011. 2011. Um, I came back for Christmas, mm-hmm. and then we drove out together. That's right, yeah, packed my car... And then we we head out and I think we made it in what two and a half days. We didn't sleep at all. No, no, no. We didn't sleep at all. Oh that gosh. was the worst yeah. experience of dude. <laughs> it, it was so bad. Like we went thirty six hours straight from Georgia to Los Angeles, and you it didn't was sleep. No, no, no dude. What? It was so bad. Oh, dude. No offense, it, no offense, Jake, but driving through Texas was just a worst. <laughs> no offense, it Jake. Was, sorry. Uh, okay. You didn't you didn't oh. play the right music, son. Twenty four hours. Of just nothing, he just rocks. Or no and just... sleep, and here's the thing too: is like we got to the point where we were just so tired. Is you know that that feeling you start getting jittery. Uh, yeah. yeah, we had I think what eight bottles of eight hour energy. Or yeah, something. We, yeah, we had like the the, the shots. The we were just shots, down like, in oh, those on the road. And just... <laughs> you could just add those. Okay, so pe- for just real quick, for people who don't know how big Texas is, just just going across from Houston to El Paso, which is like the short the short way. That if you, if you go from Mexico to Oklahoma, oh, it's man. even longer. Don't but get me started. I, I went to Houston the other day, and I, I was on the ten. And the ten, you know, every state that an interstate enters, it starts with mile one, right? And so when you enter El Paso, it starts with mile one. And I went to Houston, and it was like eight hundred and forty or something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the mile markers were just, and, I, and that's oh, when man. I, you know, that's, that's kind of depressing. Sort of settled when you in. See, like eight forty, you're like. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just not look at signs for a while. The the way I think about it is like if you go 840 miles an hour, you'll be there in an hour. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just have to break the sound barrier. We we were going like 100 miles an hour. Should we get into that? Yeah. We'll do that. that. I mean, we're here. We're here. We're here. Quick aside. Let's do it. Yeah, me and Nick almost died. Um, Yeah. You want to just break down that quick little story? It's just an, it's kind of a tangent. But it is kind of Clint, Clint hits me up randomly one night. He's like, "Hey, I'm I'm go- going up to San Francisco real fast because this, this real kid, fast this kid yeah literally real fast like for like a day like a night. He's like, you want you want to come with me because I know you like World War II stuff and this this kid who knows this guy named Hans that owns a lot of World War II memorabilia. Dude, he owned oh my god, it and was apparently ridiculous. a bunch of tanks, son. A bunch of tanks, a bunch you of said half there tracks, were fields of tanks, fields yeah, fields of tanks and half tracks and like. A whole basement full of World War II yeah. like costumes and stuff, but and I'm like, heck yes, that sounds awesome. We'll get to you know go up there. So we drove up to Northern California. At we started at like 5 p.m. from no, LA. We started later than that, dude. May, yeah, I feel okay, like we started later. at like 8 p.m. And we get in Clint's car and we're just driving at night. And night driving, I don't like it for many reasons, but it's just this is another one of those reasons. This just adds to the reasons. We were playing 20 questions. As yeah, we were. Do. We were playing 20 questions. It, it was getting pretty intense. These questions, they were they're popping off. Yeah. And I don't know. We, we weren't paying attention. We were taking an access highway to get from the 5 freeway over to the 101 freeway, I think. So you have to cut across through some farmland in the middle of California. Janky. It goes to this narrow freeway. And uh, Clint, I guess, Clint's driving. You queued it up. You I saved my life. Question. Yeah, I queued a question, but Clint merges over to the left lane of this highway, and we're just speeding along, and I don't remember what the question was, but we were pondering something awful, because I don't think either of us were looking ahead of us, and, you know, like, there's a headlight coming, this headlight, I'm like, all right, it's just a car coming in front of us, and at the very last moment, I look over, and I see that the headlight 
is actually right in front of us. <laughs> and that we're not on a two-lane road. You didn't merge to the left lane. You merged to the opposite, opposite lane. Opposite side, yeah. And, man. Yeah, I just remember, like, you said, <laughs> I just you said whoa, dude, whoa, whoa. I look up, and it was one of those quick moments where I was like, <laughs> it was really bad, like, dude. Yeah. Wait, and I just so see wait, this dad you, got, just like, you, you went the wrong way <laughs> on a one-way? I was on the opposite side of the road, Jake. In opposite the middle side. of the night. We thought it was a two-lane highway because we'd been on a, a highway which was only <clears throat> multiple, you know, lanes, multiple yeah. lanes going in the same direction. And I guess we just... It was late. We were delusional, man. man. Now, 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 is this... Was Brett with you guys? No, no. no. We were, no. Well, that was an aside. We were talking about drives. We're on a Because oh. I thought you were about to say that, like... He well, Brett he, appeared. He, in he, a body, he body slammed the vehicle. Yeah, so I was like, son, I the car. In front of you, son. I was waiting for an interjection where he enters the story. No, we're just, we're just. And uh, oh, no, so, but, but in that moment, I thought, what would the son do? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you coming over here, son? Oh man, we got red. Oh wow, yeah, it's, it's red. Six feet. Yeah, it's it's mask. Oh, son, six feet. Wait, you're, you're, you're a little close. A wild red appears. I'm not, in, I'm not in this podcast. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bye, you're red. not joining the pot, yeah. red. Look um, at all, look anyway, all the seat. That was a sketchy time. I'm glad we didn't die. That yeah, we didn't die. Really sucked. That would have been dude, horrible, dude. It would have been over. Like literally, if that question was a little bit harder, like, mm. no more questions, dude. Mm. No more questions. But that. But let's get back. Let's get back to the other car ride. You guys driving out yeah. to California. What year was this? 2011. 2011. Probably 2011. Mm -hmm. And you're in Texas. 24 hours driving straight through Texas. So we didn't mm -hmm. sleep once, and um, it was miserable, but we finally landed, and it was, oh, man, it was it was great. Was anything to get out of that car. Yeah, I think we met up with you that day when we landed. It was Kadik and... Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys had known each other from the filming that you did in Georgia, mm -hmm. Nick. You guys knew Nick, and then you got here, and did you already have spots in the studio? Because when I met you both, you were living in Studio 6. That's Yeah, that's where Dude. we moved to, so we were right behind, yeah, where Freddie and, and Brandon were at the time. With, that was like their main production room, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's Studio 6 over Where Freddie and Jimmy, used, they lived, didn't they live, their rooms were back there at one point? Uh, I, I forgot. I forget. I think Early on, so no, Freddie and Jimmy were in three, mm -hmm. and then. But I was I so I I I was living out of this room with no windows and no door, and there's brick walls, dude, just surrounded by brick I, walls. I don't know how yeah. you guys did that, yeah. dude, dude. I was just Spencer. Down there. Spencer did that room for like eight years, man. That's I know, man. I don't that know is how. Props a, to him though, because, like. You guys were just sweating, dude. There. Brett was living under just... the toilet. <laughs> Brett, was, <laughs> <laughs> Brett was living under the toilet with yeah. the pipes dripping and dropping. Oh man, there's some horrible stories. You know what? The yeah, there was one. What? I woke up this one morning. Let me tell you this, Jay. Yes. The previous night. What's previous? The previous night. You talking about? You talking about the sock? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. You gotta talk about the previous night. What was the previous night? The previous night. You were taking a shower, and I was like, I'm gonna scare Brett. So I went in. Oh. I, I snuck into your room, and I, I was. I don't think that's what caused it. No, I definitely don't cause it. I was so I snuck <laughs> in your room and I hiked up my boxers, so I was just it looked like I was bas basically naked. And I was in the corner of the room with the lights off, and I had like stuck my head on the side of the wall and like smeared it. So I was like, you know, some like silent hill creature. <laughs> <laughs> and Brett comes back in his room and he doesn't he doesn't even know I'm there for like a minute. <laughs> And he turns around, dude. He turns around, and he goes, "Oh my!" And he <laughs> and he drops. He drops to the ground. And he's <laughs> you made him faint. He nearly fainted. He, he immediately dropped to the ground. He doesn't remember <laughs> it because it's a blank spot in his brain because it was so it was oh, so uh, horrifying. But then, Brett, you, you can get to that next morning. Go go for that next morning. So, all right, I, whether that happened or not, um, I went. <laughs> wait, what, the next wait, 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 wait! What that, happened from your side? I I thought it was. I looked over and I tweaked my neck. I thought that was the case. That you scared. <laughs> I think you just got scared so bad that this is what happened. But anyway, right? I apparently I woke up the next morning and I I think I had pinched a nerve. I think that was the case. But I could not even move my like no joke. I could not move even like the frac. If I did, it would just. The most excruciating pain I've ever felt, and I couldn't move. And I, I just called for Clint, and I said, "Dude, I can't, I can't move, I can't move." And it lasted about two days. But the first Clint's intuition, I, I said, "I need something cold or something. Give me a compact pet press or something." No, it was a hot. It was like a hot, hot. like a warm up thing. This right? man goes up into the kitchen, 
wraps his old dirty sock. <laughs> it wasn't mine. He, I found it in the corner. I don't know what it was. He cooked an old, out-of-date tortilla, <laughs> stuck it in the sock, and then microwaved that in the mi- microwaved it. What? And it was just. What was, and I, I thought put, it would be like like you don't want to put a searing tortilla on the man's neck, <laughs> so you put it. You gotta pat it oh, somehow. So with you, you, were, you were going for like the rice method. Yeah. Sounds so like. he brings this to me, and I I I put it on my neck. I'm like, Clint, what is this? And he goes, It's my sock. I wrapped a tortilla in it. I'm like, What? Dude, what? It smelled so bad. It's a distraction. So it's horrible. From the pain. It's terrible. Yeah. Was, so did, did it make your neck feel thing. better? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. It was the thought no. that counts, son. My I heart, my heart was in that. it for the whole time. All right. I can't I mean, blame you too much. I'll give you that. How long did you guys live back in those those caves, man? Just like a year, I think. Just a year for you. Yeah, a year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It seems like it was longer. It does. I remember visiting you guys, and I was like, how how do you live here? Hey, <laughs> like. Freddie and Brandon and like everyone who was Ben Waller, I think, was working yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. MG, uh, they were all like in full production all the time, dude. Like just all, all the time. time. They had the loudest laugh, dude. They, they would be three a.m. Like we're all back there, like you know, trying to keep a normal sleep schedule. God forbid. <laughs> and they were just freaking howling, like just, ah! shooting airsoft guns, freaking like typing, just. Like, <laughs> And the loudest keyboards, like yeah, yeah, Freddy, yeah, Freddy's typing. Freddy's notorious Dude. typing. Oh yeah, you can, like I can still hear it. I can hear curtain. him typing right now. <laughs> mm. oh, I can hear man. Freddy typing right now. Yeah, but it was definitely there was definitely a really cool energy. You guys lived there at a really cool time when things were. Oh man, it was crazy. It must have been crazy to just be in that environment. Well, it's weird because I left where I was because, like, I mean, Atlanta's thriving. It's I mean, it's more or less picking up a lot, but I mean, when I left, there was like nothing going on, and and it seemed like the only people who were doing stuff were, were in L.A. at the time. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an interesting journey. Yeah, journey for sure. Yeah, I mean that 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 was kind of the transition between like traditional film and digital media as we know it today, and as it continues to evolve. But that that period of like that that eight year period or so, you know, things were kind of. Everyone was trying to figure out what to do next because everyone knew that something was coming, but no one exactly knew how or or you know how to make it work on the production side. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were Freddie and Brandon in Studio Six keeping you guys up till three a.m. with uh, filming God knows what, turning around videos every week, every, every yeah. week. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a crazy time. That was really fun. Milkman, yeah. Milkman, Milkman. Uh, Dude, Freaking. Milkman was so. Fun. I remember that night. I came down to just to hang you out. Were, yeah, yeah, you were. I was just like, yeah, let's hang out. And then you're like, oh wait, well, I'm I'm supposed to be in this Freddy video, and it turns out it was Milkman. And I was just sitting there watching you get bringing milk thrown yeah. at your face all night. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing, lasted, dude. Man. What dude, a fun. Yeah. yeah. But uh, was that your acting debut? Mm-hmm. Was that your it, acting debut? No, I well, I had done stuff in my own stuff. It was like little, you know, cameo pieces. I I was. Growing up where I was, I, I think I'd always wanted to to act and do that, but uh, really, I I was always behind the camera. I think my my just my dad's involvement with shooting, you know, home movies. I picked up a camera yeah. when I was young, and I don't know, like I still love shooting. I love creating, you know, compositions in the camera, and that's something I I miss. I've definitely redirected myself in in, in some ways, but no, it's, it's definitely unique, man. Like you don't see a lot of people who are like, I mean, me and Clint both know you. Primarily, we knew you primarily as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of people who are like really good at like the skill. Like you have a great visual sense and like mm-hmm. story, like great cameraman, great editor, mm-hmm. great director. And then you're like, well, I kind of really just want to act. And mm-hmm. so you what? You went back to Georgia for what a couple of years, right? Um, I did, yeah, yeah, for uh, just for my grandparents, yeah, yeah. Um, and that and was yeah, for sure. That, that's kind of when you decided. I think that was kind of like I said, nothing was really going on in Georgia, and like uh, you know, it's such a no one's really doing their own thing. The the biggest things were were obviously TV shows, and I I did stand and work for a few shows, Vampire Diaries. I I worked on for quite a while. Is that where you learned how to stunt fall? No, was it in this time? I think I think through skateboarding that was kind of the whole thing. Um, Skateboarding probably really got me into making movies too. It's just. You know, because we, we would always make, you know, skate videos and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I think just learning skateboarding, you have to, if you're hitting rails or anything like that, you just have to, you know, know when you're going to eat it and just 
hope to roll out of it. I don't, I don't classify anything I do as stunt man. I think it's just hopefully not hurting yourself. Like, like, in, uh, like <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not really so much really of a stunt man. I'm more like a do it and hope I don't hurt myself man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can you know unless it's like a like tiny guns. You know, like that was horrible. Obviously, I had uh, yeah. I mean, totally. But you know, things like that. I just you know. Learning how to recover out of something if, if something goes bad, you know. I think yeah. skateboarding is a good teacher of that. Dude, that video where there's a video on the San Nico cha- Quarter Crew channel where it's like you showing us how to like stunt fall. Mm. Oh, yeah. So funny, dude. And then like freaking you like you did a stunt fall into the wall and freaking like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then, like did I do that? Wait, what? Did I don't I know do this. That? Nico's like, no, it's already yeah. Oh, man. That's a good video. You guys should go watch that video for, for Dude, the memories. Or the time, the time, like, what what gets me is the one where um, you leave Ren's driveway and you open, <laughs> you go to open the gate, but the gate just oh, totally, yeah, like, just falls, falls apart on you <laughs> and you, like, stumble. Like, that's the, that is the freaking funniest visual gag <laughs> to me. And it, it was like, it was, it was genuine. It actually happened. It totally did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, Hilarious. I was up. That was, yeah, I was working at the gym in the bar at that point, and I was, I'd stayed up all night and then taught Rin how to kickflip in 24 hours. Oh my that was gosh, a kickflip video, dude. Yeah. I forgot. It was. Man. So when did you, when did you start living with Nick? Was that when you moved back? That was when I moved back, yeah. So after, you know, it got to the point where. Because you lived with Clint first, though, in the house, right? You guys. Yeah, lived we lived together yeah. for another, like, Pasadena. year or two. We Pasadena with, with uh, at the time. Uh, Max and Amanda. Max and Amanda were there as well. Yeah. Um, that was a fun house. You guys used to have parties. That was yeah, a great house. Yeah, we had some really yeah, fun was, That was a good that. house. Yeah, yeah, those parties were awesome because everybody came over and it was a good yeah. hangout. Yeah. Rock climbing the walls. Mm-hmm. Floors lava. Floors lava, yeah. But that was like two years, right? And then two years, you yeah. moved in with Nick, was it? Mm, that well, was well when after. No, no, no. When you came back. That's, you, you went when to I Atlanta. Moved back. Yeah, that was my grandparents' time. And then, um, yeah, I'd spent, I think, almost two and a half years there um, not doing a whole lot of anything, actually. I wasn't doing much filming. I wasn't doing anything. Like I said, I was just, like, literally one day a week, I would go to the acting class and... Um, said that was really where the probably my passion and that was my courage to to try to go into acting because i've always wanted to do it and obviously video games and my grandfather was you know he was a huge he loved he loved movies he loved actors he was a huge fan of elvis james dean marlon brando so like i was watching these films when i was a kid and it's like yeah that's something that always intrigued me but it was so against the grain of me it's like i'm so very you know not the most spoken person and i so it's just like, yeah, it took a lot of courage to kind of go into the class. Like, I drove two hours to get there and just sat in the parking lot debating if I wanted to really? even go in. Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, mm. Yeah, I met a lot of awesome people there, and it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing experience and definitely the, the time that I needed to get back to myself, you know. Um, cause so then, so then you, you came back up to L.A., mm-hmm. or back over, yeah. and then... Um, you lived with which Nick was, which for... was even scarier the second time than the first time. Yeah. What were the circumstances of the second time? Um, was it just yeah, wanting it was, to it pursue was, the passion? It was a point again? where I was just I didn't I never wanted to leave LA to be honest. It was something that yeah. I just kind of needed to do because it was a lot of my my dad and my dad's parents and everything. It was a lot of my dad. My mom was still working, but uh, no, it was it was um, it was it was just a very isolating time for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and then. We, uh, I think you moved back out to LA and then uh, eventually you were looking for a room. And uh, so was I with my other roommate currently. And yeah, we found a really good, cheap place in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, even I, well, though I was, it's haunted, it was mm-hmm. pretty good. Pretty I was good living apartment. with, uh, yeah, with Zach for a little while. I went, to, yeah, he was living in, in Reseda for a while. So I moved there for a bit. And that was kind of, that was when I, I gave you a shout, Jake, see if you guys yeah. had anything else. So that was around the same time. Um, yeah, and then, then we were looking for a place closer to L.A. Yeah. Um, I'm still there, but, uh, yeah, you you moved what, like, last, last year, last, late last year? Like, yeah, late last year, yeah. yeah. You were there for, like, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was that was some good, good time, good living. So, overall, I mean, so it's 2020 now, and you've been, you know, you've, you've come out to L.A. as of nine years ago. You know, you went back and forth a bit. Uh, out of all this time... Um, I guess, like, what have you learned about uh, yourself 
and um, and about how you apply that to what you do now um, since moving since moving out there. Hmm. You mean creatively or just in life in general? Like or? life in general, but then, you know, after that, I guess creatively. Hmm. You mean, I'm sorry, Jake, like you mean like what did I learn back in Georgia when I to come back here to apply or? No, like you've been, you know, in this, how old are you now? I'm 33. Yeah, so it's been, so when you came out, you were, what, 22, 23? 22, yeah, 22. Ish. Mm-hmm. So as you've gone through this time now out here in the city, right. you know, I guess, how how have you evolved as a person? How have you... Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm from a very small town. Um, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of the town that I'm in is, is very stuck in the 1940s, you know, and I just know that I just wanted to always, you know, see the world and, and understand other people's perspectives, you know, and, and um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the biggest thing. Did you um, did you have expectations of success when you moved out here or like of what you thought life would be like in L.A.? Or were you just kind of like, let's just see what happens. And if you did or if you didn't, have they changed? Like, yeah, have I those mean, expectations it, evolved? It was definitely a lot of, uh, you know. Um, where did you, I guess, where did you see yourself like going like? by moving to LA did you want to I guess like be a director or like be in I mean what what was like your expectation I mean, at the time really I, I I've always loved working with actors like I really love that that's that's ultimately the love of it and I love I love writing I love words um I don't know I think there's so much power in, in acting I think there's so much power in filmmaking I don't know every creative endeavor like the, so you're working like on you're know. working on a writing endeavor now currently aren't you um I, I'm a writer's assistant for a show, but because of because of that opportunity, it's only increased my love for writing. So yeah, I'm spending a lot of time writing my my own stuff for sure. So what does that mean awesome. on the current gig? And then and then how do you translate that into your own work? Mm, I think because I'm having to look at scripts every day, and you know, for for this specific one is an animated TV show that one of my buddies is is co um, co creator of. Um, but that is just, you know, every single day you're getting a, a different script and it's 13 episodes of, TV, of a, you know, a TV show. There's, it's not like live action or anything else where you get one script. And that's what I'm used to. I'm used to having one script to go off mm-hmm. of. In this, you're getting so many iterations of scripts. It's just based off one thing from, you know, network notes and things like that, mm-hmm. that they're having to change. And it's, for my job, it's just just being so uh, focused on what changes are done because every week you're having to, you know, send line, you know, record sheets to actors and what they need to do. And if line changes, you know, and they get the, the stuff back, it's just, so everything just requires just a, a, a very um, careful eye. You know? So you have to have a hyper focus on the details of writing. Uh, not necessarily writing, just the, the de- just what's being written. Because I'm not, my responsibility is not to write the show. My responsibility is taking the scripts and just, you know, whatever changes are happening, things like that. Um, that they're communicated to the people so who need to know. Exactly. How you explained yeah, yeah. it to me, it was like, there's all these, there's like this whole staff, this whole board of writers, mm-hmm. right? Like, and every change they make, they send to you to put in the master script. Is that how it works? Um, well, David and Olin are the ones who are writing the show. So mm-hmm. they, like I said, they, they'll, they'll make a draft and, you know, constantly things are, are you know, they'll get notes from network and things like that. This that is Final Space, changed. by the way, on TBS. Mm-hmm. Final yeah. Space, yeah. Um, Third season, right? Third season. Dang, yeah. they're on yeah. season three. It's yeah, great. It's so awesome, man. Really it's so good. awesome. It's and it's got a great cast, you know, Ashley Birch, and there's a lot of. Oh really? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There's a, there's so many cool like, I don't know. This is I think, just loving video games. You know, that was something that I've just always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and just you know being around actors, it's 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 kind of it's very nice. You know, it's it's just learning the process and and taking my own goals, what my, my goals are. Yeah. And they're kind of aligning here because I'm able to see what other actors are doing and how yeah. they're, you know, what they're doing to... to you Does, know, for, oh, sorry. No, you're good, son. I was just going to ask, like, is there any... So you're you're dealing with all these, like, really, like, these career professional top of their game writers mm-hmm. on the show, right? I mean, I'm not dealing with, obviously. Like, I, well, I'm, I mean, yeah. but you're, like, you're seeing how they work and, mm-hmm. like, you're having to... 
like be part of that workflow, what can you take from that? Because it is a network animation show, right. right? So that's obviously different from like live action and stuff that like we usually make. Yeah. But is there anything you can take from that? Like as a writer, like has there been so. any like process or like? I think I mean just seeing the the amount of. I'm so used to just like getting down on myself when you're writing something. It's like, oh, this shouldn't be like this. This shouldn't be like this. Totally. Like, and then you get so jaded about that one part that you never finish it. Oh, 100%. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, you see like, okay, they're putting out so many drafts every week. It's like, okay, well, finish a draft. And then from there, yeah. you can always go back and tweak things and things like that. The most important part is just if you have an idea, finish it. You know, and I've got... I'm one to speak, you know, it's just like I've got projects that I never finished or things failed. But, man, I look back and I'm just like, man, I, I learned the most from the things that went wrong. I didn't really learn much from things that went yeah. right. You know? Dude, that's, yeah, that's how you learn. So and also, they, they just you know, like, like the same concept applies to multiple aspects of filmmaking, I think. Um, you know, like with editing, um, I've been doing more and more editing, uh, especially since I moved out here. And um, one of the things that I've have been applying is is the same like idea which is just if you find yourself in a point in an edit that you feel like it's not working just get the idea mapped out and then keep going you know because you can you if you don't get through it and at least get a draft of it down then you can never make adjustments you can never make improvements to it and you, you can never see how it fits in with the overall piece yeah. That's a really, 100%. Really good point, yeah. It's the same. I think that's the same with everything in life. Um, like, it, at least when it comes to, like, building something, um, it's the same with 3D modeling. You know, yeah. I usually I'll start with a block out. If I'm modeling something, I'll block it out with just, like, cubes and see, is this the shape I want? And then from there, once you see that the shape works, then you go in and detail it. Hmm. It's the same with the script. And, like, the hard, to me, when writing, the hardest part is getting the, the V1 out. But once you have the V1, then it's like, oh, okay, great. Then now we can, now I can, I can see the hard work has been done. And then you can tweak, tweak, tweak. Yeah. But yeah, it must be crazy just watching these, these professionals just crank out V1s and V2s. Like that's like V11. Yeah. It's very inspiring. You know, it's just like, you know, it it just makes me realize too that, you know, um, yeah, there's always something to fix and there's always something that you can refine and, and no idea is ever complete really. Um, have you ever been surprised, like, guys, why are you, like, why do you keep writing this? Like, it's already really good, like... Yeah, I have, yeah, because a lot of, like, honestly, like, they're really good at writing, and, and but at the same time, when they put out another draft, it's like, okay, yeah, I see why. Yeah, like, okay. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's it's something that they always, like, pinpoint, it's, it's, they're always thinking about what happened last season, okay, that happened, that this would be a good thing to, to and it, too, with fans, you know, fans know better than the creators most mm-hmm. of the time of what they want to see, so... I think they really, really do listen to their fans a lot. It's really good. Um, yeah, because everything cool. that they've done is just—it's amazing. And, and animation is such a different beast that I'm—I'm compl- I'm in a completely new element with, obviously. But I'm thankful to just, like I said earlier, just serve, you know, and, and to learn through serving is, yeah, there's no better way. So I just—I hope I'm doing a good job with what I'm, you know, my required task as a writer's assistant. And uh, yeah, I, I just—it's definitely built that muscle of of starting to write again and, and keep that discipline for sure. So what's yeah. next for you, man? I mean, do you want to take some of this and go out and, and do another piece after this, another video? Um, um, I've, I've got something that I, I, it's, it's been on my heart for a while. Just going back to my grandparents condition. Like I've, I've been writing a piece for about, like past three years or so. Um, kind of, it's not based on my life, but there's a lot of things that I think, um, there's a lot of issues behind that specific disease that aren't talked talked about. Which like disease is that? Just Alzheimer's in general. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so the, yeah, there's the thing that I'm writing is very. It's kind of a personal project, but yeah, I think there's. Uh, I think I always think about what can I what can I do to help someone else, and what, is there a story that might convey someone else that's going through something in a dark time? Um, what are some so, of those elements, I guess, of uh, of Alzheimer's that that you're trying to get out in that? Um, I guess how how much it could divide family. Like, I mean, it's it's mm. it's interesting because like you look at the people, the you know, my grandparents. They they were never really truly. You go through some really difficult parts of them forgetting who they are and forgetting who you are. Mm. Um, but it, it's it's always straining on more of the people who are taking care of them and the people's family. Like my grandparents were always just very peaceful. You know, like even in that yeah. condition, they were peaceful, even though that sometimes they wouldn't 
know what was going on. It was just always very hurtful for our immediate family and, and that caring process. And it was very straining, you know, figuring out, because it almost feels like you're, you're losing your mind with them in a lot of ways. And yeah. you, you took on a lot of brunt of, of that caretaking. If, if that's how you yeah, explained I, it to I, me. I moved in with my grandparents for a while, and both of them had it, so it was almost like taking care of children in a lot of ways. Wow. And, so as uh, somebody who's gone through that process, uh, what can you offer it? Do you have anything that you've learned, any advice that you can offer to somebody else that might be experiencing that? Um, I, it's, it's tough because it feels, like I said, it feels like the end of the world when you're going through it, but you just got to know that, you know, this too shall pass, you know. It's, it's a tattoo. That's the only tattoo that I've gotten. It was just kind of when I moved back to L.A., I just wanted something to remember that time. It was still in that same year. And yeah, yeah, this too shall pass, you know, just... You just got to know that it's not the end, and it sucks that it's. I don't know. It's the worst. I think it's personally the worst disease, and, and yeah, just because I mean, I obviously, I was affected. I mean, my, my my grandparents were affected by it, but no, I just I think the biggest thing is uh, you know, n- no one has, to, no one no one is certain. No one has promised tomorrow. So the biggest thing is just you know, loving the time that you have with the people that you love. Um, it just got to the point where I felt like I was at the end of my road and I wasn't, I don't know, I had to make another move. So the biggest thing for me is, the biggest thing was for me was to get my parents' peace. Because like I, I felt like I was abandoning my grandparents a lot of way by coming back to L.A. But hmm. no, I, I'm grateful for that time that I had with them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. definitely the time that I needed to go back to learn something about myself for sure. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah, and I'm I mean that stuff. Out, you know, you know, you never plan it, but at the same time, you know that uh, as creators, I think in the process of those things, of the things that hit you in life that you don't plan, um, sometimes that's when you learn the most. And uh, oftentimes, when um, afterwards you can center yourself on a specific goal that you might not have otherwise had uh, prior to that experience. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. Since we're since we're heavy right now. Yeah. I know both of your parents passed, right? Uh yep. 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 In a in a two year period. I lost uh mm-hmm. I lost both my parents um mm-hmm. uh twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen. Did you um, feel after that moment that like you had to that you had to push harder and do something for them and like kind of as a way to move on but also kind of like dedicating a next big push to them or something like did you feel that way uh yeah i, I think so um i heard uh i don't know if um scott van pelt from espn said this but he said uh uh a a, a, a man who loses their their father early spends the rest of their life uh trying to uh i guess live up to what they wanted you to be. Mm. Um, and I think the thing that hit me more so than anything through that experience was I realized, um, you know, very clearly and obviously for the very first time that, uh, well, just to preface this, you know, I set off on my own when I was 18 and I had been kind of independent for many years, but very clearly and obviously after that point, I realized that there was no, um, fallback of any kind you know and yeah. i was tw- 28 i think 27 yeah 27 was 2015 so i was 28 yeah um and i realized that you know there was that that anything that i had to do required me to you know set all my set set myself up for that success and i always felt like that because they always taught me that um but uh yeah, I guess, you know, there's like a renewed, there, at least for me, there was a renewed sense of, of uh, passion and, um, I guess, uh, urgency to, to, to live up to some of these, uh, not, not necessarily what their dreams were for me, but for what I, for what my dreams were for myself, you know? Yeah. And then, like you said, Brett, I mean, you're never guaranteed in second day and, uh, like you're talking about your grandfather earlier when we started and, and just saying how um, there's always this idea of, of, of treating people with respect. Um, 
because you don't know what you don't know where they came from. You don't know what they what they're going through. You don't know what they're doing, what they've done for others, etc. And uh, just keeping that in the back of your head, you know, when you're going throughout your your day, and 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 trying to think less of of yourself and and more of you know who you're who you're interacting with. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely a tough challenge, especially now, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, something. It's a good moral to have, a good, like, grounding value to have, you know? Think of others. Mm-hmm. Don't always yeah, assume man. the worst of people. Yeah. Yeah, super important. Yeah, man. And, you know, Dale Carnegie has a good book. Um, I, I resisted reading it for the longest <laughs> a few time. few good ones. But uh, he's got How to Win Friends yeah, and Influence friends. People, yeah, and I resisted reading it for the longest time just solely based on that title. Because I'm not the type of person that wants to win friends and influence people, yeah. but the heart of it is 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 quite the opposite of that. At the end of it, it's it's people will 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 listen. People will want to inter- interact with you and respond to you if you are generally interested in them. Uh, and that's you know kind of the message of the book. And um, I don't know, it's just a good take on on that whole idea. Absolutely. I feel like I need to reread that one, man. That's a good, good good book. It is. It is. It's very helpful. And it also gives you a clarity, I think. Um, You know, especially with everything that's going on in, like, the world today, uh, you know, the last few months and everything. um, It's like, it can often feel like, you know, you're going crazy right alongside somebody else. Um, But a lot of times, you know, you take that step back, you think about, you think about others, and a lot of times that 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 break in mentality can set you straight and put you where you need to be. Right. Because typically, I mean, there's something there's I think things typically happen when there's something to learn in your, your in an aspect of your life or in a season of your life. You know, things happen. I, I try to believe that just because, I mean, you know, it keeps your mind out of a dark situation that might arise. But, yeah, I think there is always something to take away and, to, you know. Oh, yeah. Implement the the things that the people that we love the most have, have taught us. Yeah, dude. Well, that's why we love you, son. I love y'all, son. That's why everybody's a son, son. Yeah, everybody's a son. So I know we just don't went, even ask me where that comes from. No, no, we just went really <laughs> deep. I have a couple things I want to ask you about regarding that, son, because Brett Driver here is one of the only humans I know who has his own catchphrase, and I'm not—I mean, a catchphrase. It's not just a saying. I don't know if it's my catchphrase. It's definitely not my I'm pretty sure that when we started started saying it more, other people that we did not know started using it more. Maybe it was just just, like... I I don't think I'm the first person to say it. I think it's just the word you got to say. But, like, I got it from you. You are, like, there's, like, a digital statue somewhere with sun etched at the base of it. Like, (laughs) you are the face of sun. Like, there's been, like, old Southern gentlemen saying it for generations, but you're, like... That's like Brett you're Driver. bringing it into the new even news. so much that there's like a, one of the most successful VR video games. You're the character in that. And oh, yeah. Sam let's Sun. get into that. And I wanted to ask you about Boneworks. Did you ever see yourself being a video game character? And like what went through? What was your thought process when Brandon asked you to? I guess. What did he ask you? Or was do you just like, feel hey, like you your whole life like the main is playing a video, video game, game character? Was that Jake? Or do you just feel like your whole life is a video game character? <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 still like very hum. Honestly, it's it's still very humbling. It's my whole life. I've I've loved video games. I've I think that's ultimately why I wanted to tell stories because it's my my dad and I we we didn't really get along with too many things, but games are that one thing that we really really like, yeah video nice. games like I grew up on the Atari and everything else, and I don't know. I think games have always been a part of my life, but no, it's it's. When Brandon came to me about it, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's awesome, yeah. I mean, granted, I had to say son a million times. It was, you know, I... So you, you seem reluctant about that, though. Is that is, is son something that you try to... I mean, we all think it's hilarious, and it's just kind of like an inside joke, right? But, like, I could see how that could not be a joke for you if you literally have everyone saying son, son, son around you all right. the time, son. Yeah, son. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> What what do you think about that? The fact that like, when I say it goes from a saying to a catchphrase, like I think there's like a difference there. Like I can say "Yo, what's up?" or whatever, like all I want, and that can be my saying. Right. Mm. But you say "son," and now, now a character 
that is based on you, says Sun. And it's like, it's gone from you to like a whole separate thing. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's weird. I guess I've always questioned it within within myself. Why do I say Sun so often? You know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's I like, that's why. Sun? It makes people happy, you know? Like, I, I love when you guys light up when I say it. So, yeah, I keep doing it. And it makes people, I don't know. Like, I'm all about bringing joy, even even though it's, you know, it's, it's about finding those things. And it's, I think for me, it's just like I enjoy when people smile about it. So. Dude, you're going to have a two-year-old daughter and be like, what up, son? Of course I will. Everyone's a son. So can, can, what can up, sons son be boys, what girls? Up, like, who's a son? Like, Can girls be sons? They of all course. Sons. Yeah, son. I like to hear that. Everybody's That's a son. They're all son. sons. Everyone's a son under the sun. Is it weird? Is it weird? To see people punching your head. Oh, dude, I've seen some weird videos of I you getting too. murdered, son. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty. Like, um, it's just like, there's random, like, streamers. It's like excessive. They're like, all right, today. <laughs> it's, it's like excessive. Today, I'm going to murder this guy yeah. 30, a million times. 30 of these and, guys. Dude, yeah. yeah. It is so hilarious. I, I think man. I would be pretty, um, I think I'd, it would feel very <laughs> weird if, if I didn't already like die in every short film that I've ever done like oh, honestly like I really right. have everything you I've are ever the Sean Bean, got a little Sean Bean. I'm the Sean Bean of this generation no. yes <laughs> it's uh no I think that's why like I've literally I could put together uh a death reel faster <laughs> than I could put together like good acting moments for myself what's the weirdest death you've ever had to do on screen on oh man uh any weird ones like I don't know if I've had to do any oh I mean, falling that lava scene still gets me. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, that is one of my favorite deaths of all time. You, you know they made, yeah, a, you know they yeah, made so a game show called The Floor is Dude, I, they, they had to steal that from, from Clint. Oh, yeah, by they the way, had to steal that from Clint. That game show is just, oh. It's not good? Oh, it's, it's all set up. It's all trash. It, it, it seemed like a Bro, cool idea. it is. It's, it's rough. The execution is... They stole uh, it. I mean, they do. I mean, obviously, the floor's love has been around for a while. Yeah, that video you guys has did 100 it better. Million views. It's 120 something now. Yeah. 120 so million, insane, dude. And yeah, that, but that, that death, that death, dude. The it's like, all right, hip hip hooray, all right. And then he's like, all right, here we go. And then you just dive for it and just, <laughs> and just boom. <laughs> And yeah. not only that, but you, you continue as a character in the story as this, like, human body log. That oh, just, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. saved my life, I'm dude. Glad, dude, so even, yeah, even I, in, I think that sums you up, son. It sums you up. Helping out in, even in out. death. Even in death. Even in death, man. <laughs> People will use your body as a canoe. Death. Is that what you want us to do? I mean, might as well, son. Might as well. You know, served, dude. Saved your life. <laughs> so, back to Boneworks, how much, like... Was that an intensive process to like do motion capture and like voiceovers no, for a video game? It was honestly like it wasn't. I think we spent like three weeks on it, but it was mostly just um, yeah, sun? Mm, mainly yeah. No, it was just they. I mean, it was super quick. Everybody over there was super talented, and they just did you know three D scans. Um, um, did that, and I did. I didn't do any. I did a few motion capture stuff, but it was basically all voice, you know. They basically had it all laid out. Like hits uh, and grunts yeah. and exertions mm -hmm. and all this stuff. It's kind of weird. I got to be honest. Like, we would be, Brett and I would be hanging out playing guitar at home, right? And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go play Boneworks. I'd go in and then I'd, I'd be in Brett's skin. Like, and then oh, you're, you're Brett, that's awesome. Wait, you're, this you is play freaking weird, roommate. man. Like, totally. and it's like your same, like, like scars and shit mm -hmm. are there. And yeah, like, they got the, my like, knuckle scar on there. It's... I'm like in the other room of my apartment. Playing as my roommate, jumping around. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. Like, it's awesome. just kind of one of those like, okay, this is like a weird future moment right now. Like, mm -hmm. but I don't yeah. know, man. It's it's super cool to see that people are uh, having fun with. Yeah, character. I mean, and no, if, I'm so thankful that people are enjoying it too. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like I said, it's if I think my whole mission with everything, if just one person enjoys anything that I do, it's 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 so humbling, and I'm just thankful that you know. I have good people around me and then people who actually, yeah, who care what, you know, it's cool. Very cool. That's why we love Smash you, cut to the pan faces. Yeah. What oh, up, son? Yeah. What up, son? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got matter. Tiny Guns 3 on the docket at some point here. So Ooh. maybe you can, uh, maybe you can reprise your role as, as, the, pink, you as got, the kingpin. You got murdered, didn't you? you no, got no, shot. I got put into a black back of the police car. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, he's and not dead. Murdered. I'm not dead. You're alive. Well, let me know. Son. I want to know. I'll grow my hair out for it, just for you. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe the kingpin cut his hair. I don't know. Maybe. Doesn't matter. Maybe yeah. he grew it longer. Maybe. The last one was good too. I love the second one. That was so intense. That was, yeah, that was all Thank Sam, you. man. Pretty yeah. ridiculous. 
Yeah, I don't think some people got that it was a parody of like war movies. Some people were like very offended by it, but I, I, I had a great time. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, yeah, I thought it was wonderful. But I'm biased, obviously. I mean, no, no it's hilarious. We worked hard on it. Yeah, it was a good time. So let's do another one. Let's do it. I'm down. Let's do it. All right, you heard Here's it here first more. on the corridor Here's cast. Here's many more sons. Yeah, um, dude. It's been so uh, so good just getting to know the real Brett Driver. Not that we've ever had a deep conversation ever in our lives right. before, yeah. but <laughs> hey, man, it was a good talk. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on, buddy. And uh, yeah, let us know um, when season three of uh, Final Space is coming out and what else you're working on. For sure, son. I definitely will. Uh, yeah, I got some few things coming up. I'll keep you guys posted. Cool. Tony yes. Baloney too. Tony Baloney too. There you oh, go. Are you for real? <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. there's there's rumors, you know. There's, there's rumors. There's rumors. It could happen. Baloney, that's baloney. <laughs> Tony Baloney. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Thank you, son. I appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you. Come back sometime, Brett. I will, son. Come back sometime. I'm, I'm here right now. <laughs> I'm here right now. <laughs> See you guys. Don't leave us. See you, son.